Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning, church. Good morning, Gas Street. How are we doing this morning? Ooh. What I've realized is that our church, we actually love talking to each other, don't we? So I am going to just do that once more. Good morning, church, and good morning, Gas Street. How are we doing this morning? Yes, that's the energy I'm talking about this morning. So my name is Ronya, for those of you who don't know me, and I am part of the Gas Street family here at Gas Street. So I am just going to give you a little bit of permission before I continue on and just say, If there's something that I say that actually resonates with your spirit this morning, you know, really deep down resonates with your spirit this morning, then please do not hold back. Please say, amen. Do you want to try it? Please say, preach it. Please say, Ronyo, preach for three hours. Oh, guys, okay, I take it you don't want me to go on for three hours then. But um, yeah, I'm actually quite excited um, to be sharing the message that God has put on my heart for us as a church this morning. And I really believe that this is a significant Sunday because what's going to happen this Sunday is that this is going to be a morning where hope is going to get injected into our souls again. I love, hey, you, yeah, you, can, you can clap for that. It is a Sunday, it is that Sunday that hope is going to get injected into our souls again. And I love what you said already, Trev, about the fact that our nation needs hope. And that's what I've been sensing in my spirit is that actually we need hope. Just before I forget, good morning to all of those who are watching online. I haven't forgotten about you and welcome as well. So if you've come into church today feeling anxious, if you're feeling concerned, If you're feeling worried, or if you're hopeless about something or situation, then God has stitched you up, my friends. (laughs) Don't you just love it when God stitches you up? You just honestly thought, oh, I'm just gonna go to church. You know, it's gonna be a calm Sunday. But no, God has stitched you up. Because today, hope is going to get injected into our souls. You know, if you're unaware, or if you're new, or you're visiting, We've actually been in the middle of what is called our Psalm series. It's been called the soundtrack of the soul, where we're looking at different Psalms within the Bible. Our very own Nick Drake opened up the series, and honestly, if you haven't heard Nick's message, I encourage you to go on YouTube or go onto our podcast and listen to Nick's message. You know, Nick spoke about why the Psalms are important and how the Psalms are actually the soundtrack of our soul. You know, they help us to articulate and be honest about the turmoil of human life and what is happening within the human heart. I heard someone say once that the Psalms, they help us to articulate how we're feeling and Proverbs, they help us in regards to how we should live. You will find words in the Psalms such as, oh Lord, listen to my cry. I don't know, has anybody else ever cried that out. You'll hear words such as, my God, why have you abandoned me? Or how long must I struggle with anguish in my soul? 
We can find and see ourselves within the Psalms. We honestly can. But not only are they the soundtrack of our soul, they were also the soundtrack of Jesus' soul. He was able to recall them or quote them in his moments of turmoil. So as Gastreet, we've journeyed through different Psalms and have the honor and the privilege of picking up with another Psalm. So the Psalm we're going to unpack and delve into and go into together that I'm really passionate about talking about this morning is Psalm 131. And it's a Psalm of David and this is what it says. It says, Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I don't concern myself. I'll say that once more. Because sometimes we concern ourselves. I don't concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. Instead, I have calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk. Yes, like a weaned child is my soul within me. Oh, Israel. Oh, gas street. Put your hope in the Lord now and always. Let us just pray before we begin. Father God, we just thank you that you're here. We thank you that your presence is so evident in this place. God, we just let go of any distractions and we just ask for you to speak. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. So Psalm 131 is quoted by Spurgeon as One of the shortest to read, the quote will come up on the screen, one of the shortest to read, but the longest to learn. One of the shortest to read, but the longest to learn. It speaks of a young child, but contains the experience of a man in Christ. It was written by David, as I've already said, and is one of the Psalms known to have been sung by the pilgrims as they ascended to Jerusalem. You know, when I was asked to obviously pick a psalm to talk about, I chose Psalm 131 for two reasons. The first reason is that this psalm resonates personally with me. I have walked out this psalm, I have lived out this psalm, it resonates personally with my life. The second reason that I chose this psalm, and I remember my mom phoning me being like, oh, Ronnie, so which, which psalm are you preaching on? So that's my mom's voice, you know, that's how she talks. I'm joking. But, um, you know, I told the Psalm 131. And then obviously as any good mom would, you know, even if she's not interested, she still asked, why are you preaching on Psalm 131? I think she regretted asking that decision because I talked her ear off to the point where she was just like, okay, I've got to go watch the football, goodbye. <laughs> Phone down. But... The second reason why I've chosen this psalm is that I'm becoming acutely aware whilst listening to conversations. For those of you who know me, I'm a midwife. I sit and listen to women. Women can talk. (sighs) 
and their partners. I'm not letting the partners off easily. But I sit and listen, and I listen, and I listen. Then from work, listen and listen to friends. And what I've become aware of is that actually people's souls and hearts are becoming arrested by their concerns. I'm starting to realize that people are being imprisoned by their concerns. And if I'm honest with you, I'm sick and tired of seeing people being imprisoned by our concerns. I mean, church, is our God not greater than this? Is our God not more capable of doing the miraculous that we give him credit for? Oh. <laughs> Let faith and hope arise again. Oh, I'm not hearing the language of hope anymore. People are just arrested and imprisoned in their concerns. But our God is greater than our greatest concerns. Do not box him in church. Whatever you've come into church with right now today, do not box him in. Our God is greater than our greatest concerns. You may be sat in here thinking, I don't know how I'm gonna make it to the next month, Ronya. Listening to stories of people changing jobs because they can't afford the fuel anymore. Am I ever going to meet anyone? Whew, I know that feeling. Will this situation in my life ever change? And I wanted this Psalm, Psalm 131, to speak hope and courage into our lives today. And if there's one thing that I want you to take away from this message, the one lyric, because the reason why we've called it Soundtrack of the Soul, what Nick was saying is that actually we need, the Psalms need to get stuck in our head. They just need to get stuck, like our favorite lyrics get stuck in our head and we bob to our favorite lyrics and we dance and we break dance to our favorite lyrics. The Psalms need to be stuck in our head. And if there's one lyric that I want you to have stuck in your head, and honestly, if, if this is all you leave with, I'm happy with. But the lyric I want you to have stuck in your head is, my hope is in the Lord. Whatever concern I have, my hope is in the Lord. So the title of my message today, taken straight from Psalm, because honestly, that is how creative I am, just copy and paste, is I don't concern myself anymore. <laughs> so now, the Psalm nor the title of the message, it doesn't mean that we're going to be in a world of no troubles. Actually, the Bible is very clear that we will have troubles. However, the Psalm through the illustration of a weaned child teaches us how we can navigate from being arrested and imprisoned by our concerns to actually having peace like that of a weaned child. How we can be arrested and imprisoned by our concerns to actually how we can have peace like that of a weaned child. I love what Lecrae, he's one of my favorite artists, he said recently that peace, peace is not the absence of troubles, but peace is resting in his power when we know that the world or our world is on fire. So the Psalm journeys with us and I would like to journey with you on how we can navigate our souls from being concerned 
to actually having peace. So the first point of the journey that the psalm takes us on is that it challenges us to address our heart posture. So this is what it says in verse one. It says, Lord, my heart, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I don't concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. Now, the beauty of it is that there's an anti-psalm to Psalm 131. And I just have to give a disclaimer out there. This is not what I'm teaching you. So please don't go out and do Psalm 131, the anti-psalm. Otherwise, I will surely get into trouble. So this is what, psalm, uh, this is what the anti-psalm says. So the anti-psalm, which is by David Paulson, says, my heart is proud. Whew. I am absorbed with myself. My eyes are haughty, I look down on other people, and I chase after things too great or too difficult for me. Now church, I have a question for you. What is your heart posture in regards to whatever is concerning you? And I want you to take some time to bring that concern forward into your mind or even write it down. But what is your heart posture to the thing that is concerning you? You know, this part of the psalm is challenging us on our pride because what pride actually does is that it has an impact on our faith life and dependence on God. So, I had an image of how we act when we let pride get in our way. So, I'm just gonna pick up a few concerns. Employment and careers. Physical health. Some of us are concerned about our life purpose and calling. I'm just adding another concern, mental well-being. I went to the gym and my legs are hurting. You know, leg day and you can't bend over, but I'm doing okay. (laughs) Uh, Life changes. Economic well-being. Some of you are saying, why isn't this a big one? Oh, I've got this, guys, I've got this. Relationships. And our everyday small concerns. This is what pride does. Pride will actually hinder us from asking for help. If you notice, I don't ask anybody for help. I just carried all these things by myself. And what pride will actually do is make us believe that we are like God and we can actually take matters into our own hands. 
I mean, I really need help, but I'm just trying to illustrate that this is what we do with our concerns when we're, when we're proud. And we fail to ask God for help. But what I wanna challenge you to do, church, is to actually allow the Holy Spirit to come in to help us to eradicate any sense of pride so that we can do what 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says, which is cast all your cares and worries to God. Oh, now I need to cast these, but I'm trying to see who's most godlike on this front row. Oh, I think I may need to hold them the whole service. I'm joking, I'm joking. Johnny and Becky Pearson, can I cast my cares onto you, please? <laughs> oh gosh. Here we go. That feels so much better. <laughs> that feels so much better. But pride is listed as one of the seven deadly sins. And C.S. Lewis says this about pride. He says that the utmost evil is pride. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other evil. It is the complete anti-God state of the mind. You know, pride will always oppose the meek, the God-fearing, the trusting, the faithful disposition that is pleasing to God. Gastrate, we cannot allow ourselves to solve our concerns or anxiety problems. Let's put our hope in Jesus. Hebrews 10 verse 23 says, so now, wrap, so now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us. You know, pride will get us setting our eyes firmly on ourselves. With pride, we'll be like, yeah, I got this. Mm. I've got this all by myself. But actually, Hebrews reminds us to fix our eyes on Jesus. Let us welcome in routine heart checks and allow the Holy Spirit to come in, transform us, and eradicate any sense of pride. And for some of us, the reason why we're concerning ourselves so much is just simply because we haven't surrendered it yet to God. You know, we're trying to be God instead of allowing God to be God himself. Our concern and how much we have and have not surrendered it to Christ will actually influence your behavior right now, will influence your behavior today. And that's your homework for you to reflect today and ask yourself, is my behavior confirming that I have surrendered this concern to Christ or not? Now, if I'm being really vulnerable and honest with you, recently, I've had an increase of an interesting question come my way. Now, I know I look like as though I'm 25 years old. That's just a um, good skincare regime. Woo. Thank you, preach it. There. Skincare regime gets preach it, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Trev. <laughs> but, I've had an increase of people coming up to me and saying, so, Wanya, um, so are you getting a little bit worried about having children or not? Oh, I know, oh, Becky's like, oh. <laughs> if there's one person who knows me very well, it's Becky, so that's why she's going that, oh. But yes, I've had that question 
a few times. Actually, on a side note before I go back to that, I just want to say to you, please be mindful of conversations that you're having. Just be mindful of who's speaking into your life. Because sometimes, some people honestly inject more concern than hope into your life. And sometimes I've actually had to say to friends or family, like if they've said something, I've had to be like, wait, hold up. If you're really emphasizing a point, all up. All up, all up, all up. Just hold up. Hold up. Don't tell me that my God can't provide. Because I just need to check, are we reading the same Bible? Don't tell me that my situation is going to stay the same. Don't tell me that my God can't do it. And when I think about conversations that I have with people or people who inject hope or inject concern, I've got one of my really good friends, Shamel, who is queen of injecting hope. You know, I can phone Shamel absolutely sobbing, sobbing down the phone, be like, this is what's happening, this is the situation. And Shamel won't be like, ooh, Ronya, you're doomed. Mm -mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we know there we've got some people like that who are the negative Nancys. No, Shamel is the friend that will inject hope and remind me of God's character that is unchanging, God's promise over my life and remind me so much of scripture. And I just pray that we are surrounded by more Shemels, but not only are we surrounded by people like Shemel, but that we actually are the Shemels to other people in our world. But going back to my personal example of children. So if I were to allow my heart and soul to be arrested and imprisoned by this concern and not surrender it to Jesus, it would influence my behavior right now you'd most probably see me popping pregnant care like as though it's sweets. I'd be buying those vitamins. And that is why I'm asking you to look at your concern and reflect on your behavior right now. Have you surrendered your concern to Jesus or is pride in the way telling you you've got this all on your own? You're concerned about finding a partner and therefore you're signing up to every dating app and not in moderation. You're concerned about sickness and therefore you're obsessing unhealthily over diet and exercise. Church, let us not rely on our own solutions fueled through a wrong heart posture, but let us allow for our hearts and minds to be reconfigured to allow God to be God. So the second point of the journey that the Psalm takes us on is that it invites us to stillness. So verse two says, instead I have calmed and quieted myself, like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk, yes, like a weaned child is my soul within me. The anti-psalm says, so of course I am noisy and restless inside, it comes naturally, like a hungry infant fussing on his mother's lap, like a hungry infant, I am restless with my demands and worries. Right, church, honesty time. Who resonates more with the anti-psalm than the psalm? Okay, 
The rest of you who didn't put your hands up, I don't believe you. <laughs> Just joking. So this part of the psalm is inviting us to stillness, to be able to, to be calm and quieten ourselves, like the weaned child that no longer cries for its mother's milk. And I really believe that there are some things that we are no longer going to cry about. You know, the Bible says the nights of crying your eyes out give way to days of laughter. Tears that have kept you up at night, tears that have streamed down your face. Let us allow the Holy Spirit to help us. Psalm 62 says, I am standing in absolute still stillness, silent before the one I love, waiting as long as it takes for him to rescue me. Only God is my savior and he will not fail me. And when I was reading this, I really felt to remind someone here today that God's not going to fail you. For he alone is my safe place. His wraparound presence always protects me as my champion defender. Once again it says, there's no risk of failure with God. There's no risk of failure with God. And then he goes on to say, so why would I let worry paralyze me? Why would we let our concerns paralyze me? Why are we going to let anxiety paralyze us? Even when troubles multiply around me. Now you may be wondering why David has chosen to use the example of a weaned child. Well, thank the Lord I'm a midwife, so I can explain that. So, obviously, I spend most of my times with unweaned children. And when they are wanting the mother's milk, or they're hungry and they're wanting milk, they are agitated. I'll just ask for a little bit of feedback from you guys and say, what else do you notice about a baby when it's desperately wanting its mother's milk? Feel free to shout out a couple of answers. Cries, yes. Screams, is this from like, do you have a baby right now? All my friends do. All your friends do. <laughs> so you can happily hand the baby back. Okay, screams, yes. Yes, yes, grabbing aimlessly, whereas faith, you know, is the handle that we hold on to. That's a good one. One more. Distressed, exactly. The baby is agitated, squirming, fretting, fussing, thrashing about, displaying negative emotions and noisy. And boy, oh boy, sometimes that can be us as adults. We can be like that, fretting, thrashing about in our minds, unable to sleep at night, discontent, confused, and drowning in the noise of our circumstances. And I really felt to say to maybe someone in here or even someone watching online that you are going to sleep again. There's some people who are thrashing about in their minds at night, unable to sleep. I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. But you are going to sleep again. And the Bible says, and if this is you, this is a verse for you. The Bible says in Psalm 4 verse 8, now because of you, Lord, I will lie down in peace and sleep comes at once. 
for no matter what happens, I will live unafraid. So David in the Psalm obviously says he's quietened himself like a weaned child. And that's because the weaned child, unlike the child that's not weaned, unweaned child, is able to rest peacefully within the mother's lap. That child has learned to trust in the mom, that the, that the mom is going to provide at the right time. And I wanna encourage you today, church, to rest again in God's lap and trust that our God is going to provide at the right time. Katerina says that most of the noise in our souls is generated by trying to control the uncontrollable. But let us allow God to be God and let us put our hope in the Lord again. So the final and the third point of the journey that the Psalm takes us on is that it calls us again to hope in the Lord. You know, verse three says, oh Israel, put your hope in the Lord now and always. Whereas the anti-Psalm says, I scatter my hopes onto everything and everybody. I scatter my hopes onto everything and everybody. And it's such a sad picture that the anti-Psalm paints, but actually, it's the reality of our world today. Our world is scattering its hope on other things. And I had this image, as I read this, of this flower pot. And that flower pot being God, and we've all got our seeds of hope. And the image I had is, sorry, I didn't warn anybody that I was going to do this. I'll hoover afterwards. <laughs> but the image I had was just, this is what people are doing, scattering their hopes on maybe meeting the right person, scattering their hopes on people, scattering their hopes on the government. <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting place to scatter hope onto, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Don't go there, that's what I've been told, I won't go there. But we're just scattering all of our hope. That's all of our hopes. And then, whew, I've just got one more seed of hope. And that's all we're just putting in the Lord. But actually, what the Psalm is saying to us is that no church, Let's put all of our hope in God. And I'm just gonna invite the band up as I close. And I'm gonna ask you another question. Sorry, I'm giving you lots of homework today. But that's why we come to church. Not just to hear something, but to actually go away, reflect, pray, allow the Holy Spirit to work within us. But the question I'm gonna ask you today is, where are you putting your hope? That concern that you brought forward, where are you putting your hope? Gastreet, I've come today to say, put your hope in the Lord. Becky, put your hope 
in the Lord. Put your hope in the Lord. Trev, put your hope in the Lord. The church that obviously you're leading, God's got that. He's got that. Anything that may be concerning you in regards to that, He's got that. I just feel to say that to you. He's got that. And as we put our hope in the Lord, those anxieties, those concerns, they will start to lose their grip. We will no longer be chained, arrested or imprisoned by what's concerning us. We are not gonna be those people. I mean, sometimes we act as though we're not victorious, but the last I checked, Jesus rose again. Did he not, Millie? Did Jesus rise again? He did. It's already done. We have won. We will have freedom, breakthrough. We will find ourselves having a sound mind, calm, peaceful, and content in the Lord. God is greater than our greatest concern and we are victorious in Him. This is what it says, the final scripture I'm gonna read. John 16 verse 33 says, and everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and we and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous for I have conquered the world. He has already conquered it all. Everything is handled. We don't concern ourselves, church, not in a pompous way, not in a pompous way, but we don't concern ourselves because our hope is in the Lord. We can be in the exact same situation. We are all in the exact same situation. Yes, we're struggling with fuel prices. Yes, we're struggling with how the country is going. But what sets us apart is that our hope is in the Lord. That's what sets us apart. That's the reason why we're not losing sleep is because our hope is in the Lord. So once again, let us look at our heart posture and let us eradicate any sense of pride. Let us step into stillness and hope in Him again. And I had this final image, and if Nick will, 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 he will, he, I texted you this morning. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to say, is I texted you this morning, so I had this image this morning. I texted him like at what, half six? I honestly wanted to text him at six, but I thought he might think I'm crazy, so I just thought, let me just text him like a little bit later. And can you imagine, I almost texted him at six, but anyway, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent, sorry. But the next song that we're gonna do and sing, it's up to something about hope invading us. And as we sing that song, what I really believe is that we're gonna see concerns fall off like this. There's gonna be a freedom. You're not gonna be weighed down by your concerns, but there's actually gonna be freedom as we put our hope in Christ again. 
Some of you will want to come and dance in the front, come and dance in the front. And as we sing that song, if you want prayer for anything in regards to hope, the prayer team will be here. Come to the front. I invite you to come to the front. If you're saying, I wanna let go of pride, I want hope to invade into my soul, I want breakthrough today in regards to this, come to the front. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, visit our website gastric.org or follow us on Instagram at Gastric Church.